Welcome to Life Juicy. I am your host, Mary B, and Life Juicy is a weekly inspirational moment on creating life from soul connection, from higher vibrations than the default mode most of us are operating from. When you ask yourself, but why have I done that? And the answer is, I don't know. That is the default mode I'm talking about. The driving force that makes you do things you do not really want to. So I will take you on a journey of understanding and transformation of the default mechanism into the art of creating the fulfillment you are craving for. My guests, thoughtful leaders, spiritual teachers, and successful coaches, even unknown people, will share their experiences with us. And I believe that if each of us creates our own harmonious life, this world will become a harmonious world for me, for you, for us. So if it is what you would like, let's dive in. I will start this episode with a disclaimer. The following audio and the series content that is coming for the next few weeks can be harmful and not appropriate for all audiences. It may also contain content that some can find triggering and disturbing, so adults and parents' discretion is advised. And before continuing, make sure an appropriate audience listens to that episode as I will talk about children's sexual abuse. So I thank you to make sure the appropriate Listen to this message. Hi, Cyril. Hi, it's nice to meet you again. Yes, <laughs> once more. <laughs> uh, I have to to share with uh, those who's going to listen to this episode that we've already talked about the same subject in French a few weeks ago, maybe a month and a half ago, and um, f- we decided to do it in English because I think it's very important to share about uh, what I call the courage to expose a situation and what it takes. And I, this is what you did, actually, and it's not an insignificant act, you know. First of all, I would like to introduce you. So you are a friend, yeah. my friend Cyril. <laughs> I was introduced to you by Elodie, and you're going to talk about, about her, uh, how important she was in that process for you. And you are a coach uh, in the uh, Charbonnier method and a human design specialist. And that's how I met you, actually. Yeah. Through this, I've learned a lot about myself and I recommend. So to get back to our subject, you are what I would call an ally for people like me, for children, who uh, had this unfortunate experience of being abused as children. And your experience is very precious to share. So I would like you to give us the context of what was it and how did you get to expose that situation? What was the situation and what did you do? Okay, so the situation... The situation was that uh, my mother had been talking to me for a while about memories that had come up from her subconscious, about memories of her seeing her mother um, lay hands 
in a sexual way on my sister. So my same mother, same mother's child, my older sister. And she had told me how she had been so shocked and terrorized in that moment that she couldn't move. She couldn't say anything. And she was, went ice cold in some way. And the word tétanisé in French, which I'm not sure what it is in English. Frozen. Frozen. Yes, exactly. Frozen. Unable to move, unable to react, unable to say anything. And she thought that this is something that probably echoed with her as she probably went through the same. Mm. Yeah, this is just not to interrupt you, but this is one of the terror reaction we have. Flight, fight, or being frozen. Of course, of course. Yeah, that's the, I mean, what else? What else could you do, right? What else Mm -hmm. could you do in such a situation? So she went through that and she had been talking about it for a while. And given how long ago this this happened and how in some way she was out of danger, given that my grandmother was now 80 years old and um, same thing for my sister, there was no real... In some way, it didn't really seem real to me. It, it felt real, but it was her struggle in the past or something and, and things were progressively coming up, but it, it didn't, it didn't call me to action in the sense that I didn't know really what to do with this information apart from listen to her. And my sister had just had her fourth child, but she had only two at the time and Something happened where they both were caught in their school going through way more sexual activity than normal self-discovery would be at that age. And that age being between, I think they're both between six and nine at the time. So you mean your two nephews? like uh... My two nephews, yes. Involved okay. also with other children that were there and something that was premeditated Something okay. that also my niece had was conscious of the fact that it was in some way not healthy or wrong, or she needed to hide herself from doing this because she knew that if the grown-ups caught them, it would it's it wasn't just fun and games. And it was a very so it wasn't from a space of innocence and discovery, Thank you. as yes. you said. Exactly. Yes. Of, 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 uh, normal, healthy sexual self-discovery. It was really came from a, a place of, I could say like a profound desire to be satisfied by another, but that was really twisted in some way. Mm-hmm. And this mm-hmm. is what really rang a bell, uh, like sounded the alarm. Just to let you know that it is something that happens often with children who's been, uh, too early exposed to sexual sexual activities. So they reproduce it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They reproduce what they've been learning with that adult. Exactly. And and it's especially I see healthy self-discovery as spending a lot of time with oneself, right? You first discover self-love and self like masturbation and sex with oneself in order to then move to, to with a partner but when you haven't as you just said like had that time and the first sexual experience that you have of just discovering yourself if is with somebody exterior 
that's providing you quote unquote pleasure, that's what really it leads to, right? And so it was quite a shock, obviously, when it came to the surface. How old was she? She was eight or nine. Yeah, when it yeah. happened. Or eight, oh. yeah. And it was quite a, she asked for everybody, certain people to leave the room and they found a room in the school where they could all get together and they knew that the, the teachers wouldn't come for an hour and they were by themselves. And it was just very... Organized. Very organized and quite like uh, scary and surprising to see how premeditated this was and how uh, it had been something that she had thought through for weeks before that because this was actually in a new school. So when this all came to the surface, that obviously, yeah, sounded the alarm for me because I knew that my niece had spent some time with her grandmother and like being a very young child and my, my sister had uh, let her stay at my grandmother's place over for vacation for, for a week or so. So there started to have some serious, serious suspicions about what had happened. And the way that it happened after that is that I talked to my sister and we don't have such a very, we don't have any trust in our relationship. We've never been that close. It's been years that we're very separate and I was trying to reach out with all the help that I could. And I think it's it's something that I had felt already in the family and these ancestral energies that were extremely heavy already and things inside of myself that I've had to exercise in some way or uh, heal. Deal and, with. <laughs> yeah, deal with, exactly. And like my relationship with women and how it impacted everything in my life. So I was very conscious of that. And she hasn't been on a similar path. She, she, she's been on a path of raising her children. And so I reached out in the hopes of her potentially taking my help as to heal this inside of her inside, and therefore heal it inside of her child. And that didn't really work. There was not enough of a trusting relationship there. And I became very concerned And this is where I entered into a space where it led up to the act, I would say, the, the mm -hmm. act that you were talking about. And this is where my friend Elodie comes in and our friend Elodie yes. comes in, where yeah. she, she herself having been abused, being younger, she told me something on the lines of, gosh, I wish I had an uncle that knew what had happened to me at that time and that was ready to protect me and that was ready to sound the alarm. And it definitely hit me as of, wow, I never saw it that way. And at the same time, there's no discussion about it. It is my role. Like it, it's, it's natural that I had, that I would, I would do such a thing. It's natural that I would sound the alarm and that I would get the proper help and that I would expose this. And despite mm -hmm. the consequences. And this led to about, yeah, uh, three weeks to a month of deep back and forth um, between not doing it, doing it, uh, obviously, you know, and what it would in entail and what it would bring to my family and uh, the, the ties that I would lose in this. And... I want to say most of all, I during that period, I never felt that guided. I really felt that there was always 
this force behind me, this safety net that was saying, it doesn't, you're not, you're not required to act, think, be present, care, or anything past your sole miss- mission, which is to be the messenger. There's nothing else that is required of you. So sit back and enjoy the ride. Only all I want you to do is post this letter. And so this letter was to the Procureur de la République <laughs> in, in France. Yes. So to the legal representative, I'm going to exactly. look for the word exactly. Yeah. Legal representative, basically to the police force um, and mm-hmm. saying, look, this is, uh, these are the suspicions that I have. And I was there to signal which also didn't even really involve me in the process. And so it was kind of the perfect spot for me because I felt, look, I have all this information. I, and also if this comes out down the line that my grandmother is responsible for this, I could face criminal charges for not having Mm -hmm. shared the information at the time. So I was really in this position of, I have too much info to shut up. I can't just stay here and do nothing. So, yeah, that lasted about three weeks. And after those three weeks, the moment happened when I was end of December and I was in France where I posted that letter. And, and So you sent it to the public prosecutor? To the public prosecutor, exactly. Yeah, that's what happened. Signaling that I was, I had very strong suspicions that my grandmother had abused my niece given what my mother had uh, had in, in her memories come up and, uh, and that I was also really concerned about my sister healing what she had gone through. My sister assisting her child by what she had gone through, given that she hadn't healed it in herself. And I, that's something that I've just seen so much around me and especially with myself and my journey. There is no way... It's, it's really hard to assist somebody in something where they, they have the same problem. Yeah, when we haven't, you haven't healed yourself first. When you haven't found yeah. the path. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. The same way that so many doctors have tried to help me with my stomach issues, but none of them have had those stomach issues and healed from them. And so you take pills, you try to manage with the pain until you find somebody that says, I had exactly what you had. I have the path. I can walk you through that path. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, so that that was my concern. I really felt concerned that it wouldn't be enough. All her devotion in the world would not be enough because she hadn't f- fixed that those energies inside of herself first. Mm-hmm. So what did that change? Is she taking care of herself? What 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 did that? Um, what were the impacts of this famous act of? posting the letter, positive and negative, for your family and you? I, I think I would approach it in, in the long-term, short-term. Mm-hmm. Positive and negative, in some way, it's, you know, it's everything reorganized itself. So in the short-term, I would say the consequences were anger for everybody, anger for everybody and, and my family. Yeah. Which really goes to show that you definitely put your finger on something. You know, nobody gets 
angry at shining something that is neutral <laughs> uh, or that hasn't existed or doesn't have any sort of uh, truth in it. And so, yeah, anger, incomprehension, a lot of fear. Um, I had been talking to my mother. I'm very close with my mother and I, I had talked to her about what I was going to do. And it was very interesting to see what was happening in her. And, and it really shows how this traumatic energy works because one day she would be, there's a bit of that bipolar syndrome, you know, one day she would be like all heights and saying, oh, Celia, what you're going to do is, is, is marvelous and it's splendid and it's going to bring this and it's going to bring that. And the next day she would call me saying, don't you dare do that. Like it's, it's really, it's really scary with what can happen and what, and once the cat is out of the bag, you can't put it back in. Yeah. So there was really that oscillation, yeah, until the moment, until she realized that it wasn't in her control. And what she had shared with me was for a reason, was for that deeper reason, is that she knew that she did need an ally in this and she needed somebody to voice that. And mm -hmm. I wasn't the first one, by the way. To I be wasn't her the first voice, one. where with someone who would yes, act to on be it. Her voice. Because she, yes. she didn't have the strength because of what happened to her. Exactly. Exactly. So she wasn't, you were not the first one she talked to. So what did the no. other one did? My father, I think, was one of the first ones. My uncle was. And when you're in a family with a lot of hollow men, hollow fathers, for so many reasons, and including these of ancestral energies, nobody wants to move. Nobody wants to take that risk. And there's a Nobody feels like it's their duty and there's a there's a strong energy of cowardice everywhere. There really is. It, it's and it's it's terrible. And that's what creates the lack of allies for women. There's really that that cowardice energy of oh, I don't really want to look into that. It's you know, I'm I'm too comfortable over here. And like there's yeah, I've got these relationships and I, I don't want to get into that. Like stay away, you know, stay away. That's what my uncle was always telling me. Stay away from those stories, from those uh, things. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That was the first, th those were the first people. And also my mother was met with indifference in some way by my father. And then she was met by this response. We talked about it on the other yeah. side of, she's crazy. You know, yeah. she's just, she's delirious. Uh, she's making this stuff up. She's looking for attention. Um, women will do all sorts of things to get attention, will manipulate, and yeah. you must stay away from these dangerous creatures that they are. The whole, the whole shebang. Yeah. That's so typical. Everywhere. Very. It's so typical. Everywhere in the world. It's, it's, it's gaslighting. It's total gaslighting. It's total gaslighting and it, 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 it just digs a bigger hole. It digs a bigger hole for these, for these women. Mm -hmm. What these people don't know is that what you were addressing just before is that they are complicit. 100%. There is a lack of education about that. Yes. Uh, in front of the, and law, in the law, you are complicit yeah. when you do this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You're not assisting somebody that's potentially in danger. Yes. If I know what happened to my, to my niece and mm -hmm. I know that it's potentially for my grandma and I, all these things are very clear to me. I am 
holding information that's really crucial. And I'm yeah. not stepping in would have been choosing to not defend her. It's mm-hmm. the moment that information lands on you, it does become your responsibility. It comes to you for a reason. I really like this notion of it's not necessarily my fault, but it's my responsibility. The yeah, same way that different. if you, yeah, if you get hit by a car, of it. yeah, it might not be your fault. You might be there. They might be guilty a hundred percent. You were just walking on the street and you got hit, but it's your responsibility to deal with the consequences, to heal yourself, to, and, and it's, these things do happen for a reason. And so my responsibility was really speaking out at that moment. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, you said you, in the family, the family, there is a, there is a father figure or a male figure that was a little bit hollow. That's what you, you use mm-hmm. like, and, you know, we all have a role in a family, you know, in a lineage, some of, because of the transgenerational issues that you're very familiar with, some of us just come to fix the problem. And it's a very shortcut when I'm saying that, but it made me think that uh, maybe that was your role, like to reinstate the male figure, like these women are not alone anymore. There's someone, there is a protection and the male energy is to protect Mm -hmm. basically. Mm -hmm. It's maybe low psychology, but low level psychology. But I that's think what it's it is. Div- it's divine, no, it's of one protection. of the qualities of the divine masculine for sure. Yes. It's to protect and it's the containment as well. It's the containment and creating uh, a safe space. It's like, you know, the, the more the more I get into the knowledge of really understanding the, the core of women and the more I I see like our fundamental difference in the sense that like, I feel safe all the time. <laughs> There's not a single moment I feel unsafe. And then I talk to women, it's like, they feel unsafe most of the time. It's something that like on a daily basis, you know, and it comes so natural and easy to men. And like that in this specific situation, it came so natural and easy to me. Mm-hmm. I knew that like there were, I would suffer those, consequences of people yelling and going crazy left and right but it's like that's just a slow tuesday to me like i really don't care you know it's it it doesn't impact me and i don't i don't fear that at all it's Mm -hmm. so it it, in some way it was so easy so yeah i i i totally hear what you're saying of like this role of protecting and everything it does come very natural and it gives it even gives a purpose to our lives as men you know it's like there's nothing there's no better feeling than knowing that we can be of service with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Bringing this back, the I love the divine masculine and the very essence of it. So, did that have an impact on the the family in terms of of uh, losing relationships? Or you said they were angry and all of that, but did did the structure broke or? People were not talking to each other anymore because that's the biggest fear, like to lose the structure of the family as it was before or lose contact or not being able to be part of that family anymore. But I think you were ready for that. That's what you told me Yes, I was ready. Yes, Mm, I had already gone through a couple layers of emotional blackmail uh, from my mother and other people where it was like, yeah, if you don't, you know, follow the line. If you don't 
get back into line of like what we have planned here, then you shall be banned. So there's definitely, this would not have been possible if I hadn't freed myself from that prison. It's a mm -hmm. mental prison. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's something that will make you take decisions and live your life in a certain way that is completely against what you deeply believe. We grow up in a family that we haven't chosen in some way, and we mm -hmm. can go to Saima's teachings to see the higher uh, explanation Purpose. of that. Yeah. yeah. And it's beggars can't be choosers to make it short. And then we end up in this family and we just cope with it. And, and it's detaching myself from my family and understanding that it was just one part of my life and it was a short part of my life that really freed me and put me in this space of like, I don't care if you, it means nothing to me that you don't want to have a relationship with me because you're angry because of that. There's, there's a, there's a deep kind of, I don't care about facts, how you feel about facts. I don't care about it. And, and it's going to be up to you to deal with it. And um, I'm going to be here to hold space, including for my grandmother, including for my sister, including for everybody in my family. I'm ready to be there and listen to you. And if you, if you want to call me all sorts of names, that's totally fine. And I'll be there. I won't reject you for that. As long as there's a respect, obviously, and there's none of that manipulation and everything that goes into it. So... I was definitely in a strong space and I was ready to take the leap, mm -hmm. which I did. And so, yeah, in the short term, I had quite a bunch of silence from my dad because obviously there was probably some shame on his side. Mm -hmm. um, my sister, the relationship's still completely non-existent. It's, it's just cordial uh, as of now. And my grandmother as well, you know, there's my grandmother is somebody that loves to shower her grandchildren with money because then in her mind she knows she's going to get more phone calls from them and mm -hmm. which is something I don't buy into at all I call her because I love her and she sends me money from time to time and I don't you know get into that um, get into that manipulation tactic and so that's something that was a big shock and misunderstanding to her as well. And that kind of broke her way of thinking because I kept telling her, it doesn't matter what you did. It's not going to change how much I love you. And it doesn't matter if you don't give me any more money or you try to rule me out or punish me or disinherit me or I don't care. I'm still going to be there. And, and I'm really happy about that. It makes me really feel good to know that she has somebody that she knows that she can one day admit to. Mm -hmm. And like, yeah. I, I, what just came right now for me is there's a potential for redemption on the deathbed and that I could be potentially just here with her and she could just share that secret with me and be like, yeah, I remember what happened. And like, I, I, I'm really asking for forgiveness right now, you know? And I know that she can count on me for that. And that's, that's great. That, it's really a big change, I feel. Um, mm -hmm. I'm so present to what you're sharing. I don't have a similar experience with my grandmother, but, you know, grandmothers are very uh, powerful figures in families. And in my family, she she was like the center of the structure of everything. 
and um, mother side. And she she's the one I talked to when that happened to me. Yeah, she she I think she started the conversation because I guess I lost her earring or something like that. So she asked me. Otherwise, I wouldn't say anything at three years old. But she didn't believe me. And she called me a liar. So you can imagine uh, now from that moment, it's the the big uh, forgetfulness happened, the trauma. So maybe 30 years later, I remember, I started to remember. And um, at the end of her life, it's, it's strange because you just sent me there in that space where I was the, I would be the only one in the family who could face her. She had a big secret and it's not the subject, but it's related to that. And that's why it happened to me <laughs> one generation after. And um, she, uh, she knew. She knew because I, I had told her. She knew. And the only moment where she was able to really admit was when I stopped fighting her. And I and I remember writing her a letter telling her, listen, whatever you've done, whatever you decided, whatever way you decided to live your life, I love you. You're my grandmother. I love you. And when my mother and received the letter and she, she was able to read it to her, she just called me and said, Anyway, my grandmother read it herself. But at that time, she was not able to walk anymore. She was very diminished on the physical level. And she said, my mother told me, she was like dancing. She was like dancing. And when my, she died a few years ago. And when she was ready to pass, (laughs) she waited for me. And I think it's because forgiveness and the understanding that she behaved, I understood that she behaved like that because something happened to her and she was not able to face the situation. And I think that's the same for your grandmother, maybe. We we talked about that. People who are acting in an abusive way, that's something they've learned. And usually they are, first of all, a victim. And um, in our world, the way we look at abusers, it's only about punishment. But the redemption is not really existing, and it's not there even in the legal, mostly in the legal, (laughs) the way we deal with this uh, on, on, on the legal aspect. Beside that, there's no recovery. And I think you've offer that to your grandmother. And by the way, I think we need to create the world where it exists for everybody, but that's another subject. Yeah. Yeah. It really does. There's no, as you said, the, the grand majority, I, I would say, of abusers have been victims before. They've, they've just, they're just perpetuating their fucked up way of loving. And it's, but it's like, of course, at birth, they didn't want to do that. You know, it's, there's no 
profoundly evil people. It's just, yeah, terribly learned behaviors. And then you're, I feel like there's a cursor, you know, we all accept a certain amount of violence. And then when you're on this healing journey, progressively, you accept less and less of it. You know, at first, uh, smoking two, um, two joints of weed a day is acceptable. And then like one day you're, yeah. you're wondering if, uh, brown sugar should even be on your menu you know it's like it's progressively shedding those layers and and yeah when when you haven't been on this healing path like she has like her whole life then i'm just i'm just conscious about her sexuality as well and like how did she spend 80 years of her life with uh, that vision of sexuality inside Mm -hmm. of her you know, what did she get out of it? Did she, like, she, did she even get a, ever any pleasure? Did she enjoy? Did she, like, there's, I, I just see this um, person who's gone through 80 years of her life carrying what probably happened to her with no sort of um, possibility of even looking mm-hmm. into it. So it is so sad to yeah. to be the witness it's of really that. Sad. I mean, for me, it was very sad to be mm-hmm. to witness my grandmother going through her life, not having the choice of even say what happened to her. It's it was such a normal thing, except it's. I just sometimes I talk with my neighbor, and she said, "Yeah, you know, it's I'm my father taught me all about sexuality, and it was just kind of normal back in the days and." Things that are just fucked <laughs> up. Yes. <laughs> gosh. <gasps> this is, this wow. Is, this gosh. Is, this is the mindset we are living in in the world. You know. This is the base reality. Yes. Yeah. This is the base reality. It's uh, it's it's awesome to see how much it's changing. And uh, when I when I felt called to like, um, send that letter, I I I really felt that whole global energy of we're moving forward you know that it really came from a place of the whole planet experiencing like done with this uh, done with the depths of what the shadows of sexuality can be and now it's time we're moving into something where we're going to experience what it is to be in sacred sexuality uh-huh. with one another. And, yeah. and we've been witnessing this with the Me Too movement and more people uh, and celebrities contributing to changing the narrative around that. And it's it, it, it has mm-hmm. been so important because otherwise mm-hmm. these topics would stay in, in the corner of shame and secret. And, and perpetuate. <laughs> yeah, like they have been and, for and, thousands and of years. Yeah. Going from generation to generation. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Hmm. Did that have any dark, impact dark on secret. you? Your because I, I, what I want to, where I want to go is that we being in that um, ancestral atmosphere, uh, it has an impact on everybody in the family. Even you never experience um, a, a gesture, but it, it's there. So, what was it for you? Um, well, a change, a total change in my sexuality, like by far, um, an inversion of the 
inverted version of sexuality I had in mind. <laughs> I'm sorry mm-hmm. to say. Um, I feel like in the world we are, we're living in a con- in a complete gaslight in re- in regards to sexuality and in a complete inversion of what it is. Right? What do where you mean by inversion? Can you an in- uh, inversion where things are upside down because we're born. Down. We're born with a pure heart that only knows how to give. And in our childhood, we're learned, we're, we're taught how to need and how to take and how to, uh, be in this place of sexuality has taken that place in, in general, of course, in like in majority, not in every single case. But what I'm seeing is that so much objectification. So much objectification in order to need sex from another person and using somebody in order to fill something inside of us and rather than giving rather simply than like the, and this is a very recent experience, yeah. and this is like the bonus you get in the English version that you don't get in the French because things have changed so dramatically in my life, and now I'm making the experience of what it is to be in um a, a relationship with somebody where my soul i can feel that soul intention in my heart that's always giving and and that's that's all i care about that's really all i care about and it's so innocent and smooth and oh and delicate and perfect i could write songs about it <laughs> it's just so different it's so crazily different <laughs> and that letter definitely threw me onto the path of discovering that. I was talking about inversion. Yeah, anything from as pornography or even, you know, just when we sexually, when we stimulate ourselves with images and like we kind of objectify that, we're not really present with ourselves in the moment when we're in the act, even if it's by ourselves or with somebody else. And it's just been a complete rediscovery of what sexuality is uh, to me. And I'm pretty sure 100% that it all comes from that moment, or at least like it stems from that because I... I didn't know what it was at the time, sexuality to me, but I definitely didn't know what it, I definitely knew what it wasn't. And I put that out there and I basically sent a message out in the public, symbolically in the public of like, no, that's not like, none of this to me makes sense anymore. You know, this, uh, this is not a healthy way of this is not a humane way of living our sexuality and there's much more to it. So that's, that's really the impact that I would say that it had on me. Everything in regards to consent, everything in regards to boundaries, it it took two years to get into the relationship that I'm in now. And those two years for both of us, me and my partner have been a crazy learning curve in respecting each other's boundaries in that and like how far we're going to go and this whole consent thing and not necessarily from the side that we think it doesn't you know always come from the the man that doesn't respect that from the woman it can come from the other side as well or both energies in there and so it just um 
it just redefined. It really put a blank slate. I feel that that letter put a blank slate on how I see sexuality and authorize myself to redefine it and rediscover it in a very innocent way. And today I feel like, gosh, I feel like I'm 15 years old and I'm in bed with her. <laughs> it's like, it's so, it's so innocent and so playful and, and we're, we're in it together in a way that's so much more, um, we really feel is so much more healthy and um, respecting if somebody's not in it, you know, like think these things come up and, there's never any forcing, you know, and, and that all stems from that energy. You know, this thing of, yeah, you know, women kind of like forcing themselves, simulating or just because like I need to do this or even a man continuing, although he doesn't feel like it, putting an image inside of his brain in order to get through it, stimulation through visual aspects. It's 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 just a... I could talk about it for hours. It's just a whole other world. But yeah, that that's really the impact that it had on, mm -hmm, on mm -hmm. me, for sure. Yeah, it shows that it impacts everybody. And, and it impacts her in our intimacy, in our relationship with our own body and the things that are very important for us creating relationships like harmonious relationships. So it's, uh, it's, 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 it's crucial. It's crucial. To transform that. It's crucial. It's crucial. And, um, I wonder, how is your niece now? My it's been niece, two years? It's been, been two years, yes. It's mm -hmm. been a little over two years. Uh, it took a year for the French system to activate. <laughs> um, okay. I'm not too surprised about that. But they did something. Uh, they were all very well received, questioned. And my mother said that they, yeah, they took that with a lot of care and a lot of consideration, which makes me feel good about how things are changing. And my niece apparently has changed pretty radically. I don't have any contact with her um, because of my relationship with my sister that's in existence. And it just doesn't feel like the moment for me to be in contact with her. But it apparently she's changed pretty dramatically. There's a lot of uh, in those regards. And I guess you see the changes in uh, children faster because they have less baggage, right? <laughs> but more mobile in their in their mind construction. So, yeah, there's there's been a lot of a lot of positive changes on her side, and and also with my sister, their relationship, my sister and my grandmother, my mother and my grandmother, um, their relationships were completely broken. They're not now. There's this whole. See, I was talking a bit earlier about money and this manipulation scheme. It's not insignificant because it's, I would say it's kind of her perverted way of loving, you know, through money, withholding uh, resources that a person needs to live in exchange for love. You know, it, it, it can get quite dark and that's changing as well um, in in real terms, not just symbolically. Uh, it's, you know, changing the will, putting my mother back on the will and giving her what she Wow. Oh deserves. my God, she yeah, was dismissed exactly. as well. Um, so all of that's really recovering. Now there's balance. There's, uh, there's um, equality. There's equality. There's recognition for 
people for who they are as in genuine human beings and not just objects yeah. anymore. There, there's, there's really changes, of course, to the extent of what she can change at 85, but it, it does goes to show you the, the power of the ripple effects of these kind of changes and as of these decisions and acts, sorry. And as much as my, my, my sister and my mother are still very, skeptical sometimes and are a bit on the fearful side and a bit like yeah we don't you know want to get our hopes up too much or if my grandmother says something a little on the edge they get very easily triggered or they get back into these patterns of like oh push this away push this away i can see that deep down you know like the direction has changed it's like you were on this sailboat that was sailing very slowly and now this direction has changed it's just a question of like waiting and time will do its thing but at the essence at the core the direction has definitely changed and there's something energetically that has been released there's that ghost there's that suffering entity in our family that has finally been recognized for that suffering and it's been publicly shown and it's publicly available now which makes it Acknowledged, thank you. That's right. And practically yes. acknowledged. Like it's not a secret no, anymore, they so don't. they don't have to carry that shame. Yes, exactly. On their shoulders. And it makes everything a lot easier. And then that in their turn they they can be guides as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that would be my next question. Do you know if they are supported in this process? Maybe you don't. I don't know that much. I'm I'm always supporting m- my mother and holding space for her when she goes through her her process, and my sister again, not so much relationship. Um, I'm sure that she's doing a lot of work on herself now in regards to that, and for my niece as well. Now that things are unlocked, it it it's just kind of like, you know, you dropped a hundred pounds of luggage on the ground and now you can finally move freely in the direction that you want so yeah i think it's definitely changed a lot of uh a lot of stuff on her side i'm so glad you accepted to talk again about that subject and to give us a new uh, a new element like how your own healing process is 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 finding uh, new ways for your life is 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 blossoming i would say <laughs> it's been two years yeah. and then something new blossoming is, is really the word yes. yeah 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 and it's 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 really insane or um it's barely been three weeks now and but every single day we're just amazed me and her were just amazed at how things are so different in, in, in our, in our relationship and, and given what's, yeah, in our interactions. And I, 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 <laughs> I, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't um, encourage people more than to bring all of that out into the light, to bring whatever, they are holding and whatever they know as well in their families that that is going on everything it's such a there's only fear in the way and then on the other side of that there's only healing and there's only deeper changes that you would ever think would impact you i mean i i i posted a piece of paper in a post box like that's the only thing that i did in action and the result is that 
my whole relationship with the other sex has completely changed. And even with myself and everything, everything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's, it's massive. Yeah. yeah. And that's how I really want to encourage people. Because in my family, I remember when I started to talk, they were saying that I would kill my grandmother or whatsoever. <laughs> I would kill even though she was not responsible for what happened to me. She's the one who didn't receive the message. But uh, it's, I think it's important to show and to express how much it's despite of uh, the deconstruction and the fear of de deconstructing, sorry, I'm French, <laughs> the fear <laughs> of deconstructing the family structure, which was a false structure, a structure based on lies, secrets, omerta, nothing that can sustain on the long term, even though it's seven generations, one generation is going to demolish that building because it's not sustainable and the one who has the courage to tell the truth to address what's not working it's really hard and at the same time that's the path to rebuild better relationships to rebuild something stronger to rebuild yourself because whoever you are in that family structure you are a victim of what's going on even though you don't Nothing happened to you. You carry that energy a way or another. So your example for me is really showing us how much we all gain from being courageous for a moment, for two years, to dare facing, looking for the support that we need to be able to offer that that's that's such a high purpose you know rather than just protecting yourself it's a, it's a higher purpose and we all we we all are looking for something <laughs> you know not yeah. <laughs> that we can do and sometimes it's just there under our nose it's it's just there something that needs to be it's right said, there expressed And that's also a high expression of love. That's what I want to say. So I want to thank you <laughs> for that because, because me neither, I didn't have that. I didn't have someone who could understand and support and address what happened. And it's, it's so precious. And I want to use your example as... Um, I don't know, maybe a lighthouse for someone to, if, if that happens in your family, just there. Because find support, find some people to help you to know what to do, but don't be scared. The results are tremendously higher. It's tremendous. It's tremendous and we can't, we don't even realize how much these energies and it, these energies impact our behavior and how much these behaviors impact the family structure that you were talking about and how we're living on it's breadcrumbs of love until we release all of that and we start experiencing and that's why I was talking about an inversion because it's like it's from it's from minus a hundred to plus a hundred where it's like that much of a difference and 
oh, the way you can rediscover uh, your family and rediscover the people around you and, and, and everything when you're, when that's out of the way, it, it's, it's, it's immense because obviously that's the, it's the darkest of secrets. It really is the darkest. And once like we bring that up to the surface, there's nothing, all the rest is just penis. It's nothing next to it. And, and, you know, it's the, it's the biggest issue to tackle. Um, and I wanted to extend what you just said for people who are looking for guidance and, um, during that phase, it's something that I would be like so honored to do for anybody that just from one simple question to help over time, you know, and just that, that hand holding somebody through that process, because you really do need to have somebody that's going to repeat you over and over again, that you're doing the right thing. You're not delusional. You know, those voices in your head that are telling you to do it and do it and, and speak out. That's, that's a deeper intuition. That's your heart. That's the energy of love. It's not just, uh, you're not doing it for some sort of gain, you know, it, it's, it's purely out of, this is the right thing to do. And whatever the consequences, mm -hmm. whatever the cost. Yeah. I don't know what else to say. Just my, uh, I'm grateful. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> Just that I'm, I'm grateful. It's, it's, that's only what I can say. And um, if you are listening to that episode and you feel that you need support, it is very important to talk to people who walked the path. And I, I know Cyril is one of these people. So don't hesitate. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you, Marie. <laughs> Hi. Thank you for listening for this episode of Life Juicy. If you liked what you heard today, share it with your friends. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review it. If you have any questions or comments, any topic ideas, you can message me directly on mariebe at lifejuicy.love. M-A-R-I-E-B at L-I-F-E. J-U-I-C-Y dot L-O-V-E Thank you for listening.